<sighs> Happy Funky Friday. Welcome to Sports Talk. What cup of coffee are you on? What number? At least three, maybe even four. Whew. I'm on. I'm. I had. I've had two cups. Well, as I was explaining this morning, I I miscalculated my caffeine last night. As if it's not hard enough to wind down after a, a game and a post game and, and all of that. Anyway, I, I think I had caffeine just a little bit too late last night, and I stayed up a little longer. And then the rebound. So we'll get this fine tuned by the time basketball season rolls around. Yeah, you got to get you got to get the system calibrated. <laughs> I went with one late last night too. Yeah, and 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 well, that kind of carried me through. But like you, it, it takes a minute to calm down. And then I went right back to it this morning, <laughs> and then I had my second, and then I'm feeling, then I'm feeling the afternoon lull. Switch to soda, which I'm trying not to drink. I don't drink a ton of it, but sometimes you just want some sugar. Mm-hmm. But I always feel kind of meh afterwards. Are you a soda guy? I don't know. Oh, I used to be same kind of way. I don't go out of my way to avoid it, but it's not really my first choice anymore. Kind of feels like a it's like a piece of birthday cake, you know. It kind of looked really <laughs> looked a lot like a better idea than it actually was. <laughs> and a bite or two is okay, but then like, well, now what am I supposed to do? And I'm committed to this thing, <laughs> kind of halfway in. Welcome in everybody. It's Funky Friday Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty. Evan Kahn is here. Brian Barnhart will come in for his Illini notebook. We are obviously uh, still kind of crawling out after the late night Illinois football last night, beating Chattanooga 31 to nothing. We'll certainly uh, get into it a bit with Brian as the Illini improved to 3-1. and one. Michael Martin was also there on the sidelines. We stayed up late for the postgame show, but just in case you weren't with us, you know, past midnight, we have a little conversation to have here today next hour the world according to bob ospison we got into a few interesting things late last night early mm-hmm. this morning that i think would be good to kick around with bob you mentioned oh, yeah. future of ryan walters illinois defensive coordinator and 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 what is it and and look we're it's four games in but the 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 statistical things that have been con- put in turned in basically now in a course of a calendar year going back to first game after the virginia loss last year quite staggering and many fields just a matter of time before he's on to a head coaching position. So I, we want to talk about what, what might that actually be and and when and, and what would be a reasonable move for a guy like Ryan Walters. Matt Daniels will also join. And uh, we've got some little bits of audio to bring you here from some of the Illini Hall of Famers this week on our airwaves You've already heard from Ron Gunther. I've got a little bit from him. Jeff George was in uh, and came by pregame uh, uh, yesterday. Former Alina Hall of Famer Dick Buckus. Don't know if you heard of him. Played linebacker here <laughs> and offensive line. <laughs> and uh, and and Jim Grabowski were on the halftime uh, show last night on the on the network. So we've been hearing from a, a lot of, of former Illini that are being celebrated the hall of fame ceremonies at 6 p.m tonight at the state farm center if you're interested in going to that free and open to the public heard this great story today from ron gunther former Illini athletic director and teammates with dick buckus about how a the second of a two a day was canceled and that's back in the day when i mean two a days were <laughs> I, it's we're, rigorous. We're, 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 we're well regulated. <laughs> yeah, the second of a uh, of his two a day was practiced, 
a practice was canceled, and uh, most of the team was celebrating that, not Dick Buckus. He threw a fit <laughs> that practice was canceled. He wanted to practice and went out and practiced on his own. And Ron Gunther said that was a sign that we were going to be a Rose Bowl team because he inspired other teammates to start doing the same. And the ownership that came about in that 1963 squad, it's a sign of things. Dick Buck is, I, I mean this in a positive way, something wasn't right. <laughs> he had a different drive. There was just something was not like everybody else, and that's what part of what made him great. The physical ability is one thing, but the – and I think we've seen it in a number of, of great athletes. I mean, it's documented in Michael Jordan. Watch the last dance. You go, something's not right here. <laughs> but that guy had a drive that if if you gave him a challenge uh, or, or, you know, trash talked him or whatever, that was it. That's all he needed. And something extra was pushing and motivating, and that was what Dick Buckus was like. And uh, still a hilarious guy as well, Dick Butkus. He was he was great uh, on the halftime show with, with Grabowski, as you said. Uh, Steve Kelly interviewing them is still just it, especially when they're together. You you can hear it. You know, it's just like they're back there playing again. But it, th- that gets lost so much of the time when, when you look at these guys. You know, just going back and. And from a stature standpoint, Dick Buckus was like a 6'2", 250-pound guy. It's like, yeah, you know, that guy sounds like an NFL linebacker. That makes sense. But, like, the the work that they put in, there there is a lot of, you know, natural ability. But th- those guys don't make it to the NFL, and they don't become Hall of Famers and have numbers retired and things like that without putting in the work. And, and when it comes to the team, right, you, you think about what Io did when he was here and, and the, the team just kind of – followed his example and and they were all in it together going on that path because they knew it was going to take them all to to just bring everybody together and bring the the talent and the skill all the way to to the forefront so people could see it io another one of those guys yeah that just had that drive that is somehow stands out among a group of people <laughs> that all have a baseline drive and talent that most of us don't have. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to quantify it. I can't sit there and, you know, I'm not a basketball scout. All I could say is there's something about the way he would answer a question, the way he would look at you, the way he talked about certain things. He went, this guy is driven in a different way than the team, the, the guys around him, and he pulled people with him. And he, he for the most part, won. Obviously, hit a hit a limit there. Mm-hmm in the tournament a couple times, but I mean, he's, there's a reason he was going on to bigger and greater things. Yeah. People who have goals and they know where they want to be and where they should be and what it takes to get there. And they're going to put in the work to, to, to do it. And yeah, you think about, I saw this week, I think Justin Fields said that he's moving up at his wake up time an hour so that he can spend more time studying film and just being in tune with it. And that's what these guys do. I mean, 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day is just devoted to their craft. Michael Phelps, is an example I read about in a book that the, the 10,000, I think it was a Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hour rule or mm. something or mm-hmm. 10,000 repetition or whatever it is. But Michael Phelps, God given a build, uh, body that was built for swimming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he just, he had just the perfect proportions, a little bit longer torso or whatever. <laughs> and the arms are just a little bit longer than the average human being has all these advantages for him. And the relentless number of hours that he worked, and perfected swimming 
a greatest swimmer of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Ar- arguably the greatest Olympian of all time. But if he didn't have that little bit of uh, insane drive, mm-hmm. he would have been a good swimmer. But because well, of that, he was the greatest. Well, and if you've seen his documentary, he might even have like a podcast series. It, it almost literally drove him insane. He, he in, in uh, as we're here in Suicide Prevention Month, what do, what do you know? I mean, the, these guys just they go to that limit and they push it even further. And, and you hope that they find that fine line where where they get the accomplishments and, and the the gratification of all the work that they put in. Speaking of a very good athlete went on to have a very good NBA career, Illinois Hall of Famer-to-be as of tonight, mm-hmm. Ken Snake Norman. I want to share with you just uh, what he talked about today, about his time at Illinois, and then expand on that, uh, this thought here. Here's, here's, here's Ken Norman. It was a springboard um, to me, you know, learning how to be a man and what it took to be successful and remain successful. What it ta- taught me how to be, you know, become a father and to raise raise, raise my children the, pro- the proper way. How to become a bit bu- a businessman and just just be a positive person in life. You know, it I helped me, made it possible for me to. Uh, financially assist my mother, assist my brother, sisters, give my children a wonderful life and show them what it's like to, you know, to go to high school, go to college, and do, just do the right things in life. So there's Snake talking about his time at Illinois and what it meant to him. And he's kind of an under-the-radar guy, not mm-hmm. a huge uh, media or, or spotlight guy. But he was asked, this is a guy that went on to the NBA, almost 9,000 points, almost 4,000 uh, 4, rebounds. Uh you know, hey, you've been following Illinois basketball. You've been following sports in general. He actually said, "I." He's kind of gotten back into it a little bit, but doesn't really get into sports or watch it. He said, mm-hmm. "I just it was so much my life." And there's some people he said that start from age ten until the day they die, or in date that <laughs> love and you know consume sports all the time. But for him, it was like I'm done, and I'm putting that away. I'm on to other things in my life. Just very interesting, you know. I don't know if Michael Phelps still gets in a pool and swims. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, you know, I could see where it, 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 when it's your life's work and then maybe you you just need to unplug from it and, and detach. It's weird. It's what for most of us is an outlet, entertainment, fun, uh, something you identify with as, you know, your school or whatever. But then for some people it's like, no, this was my entire life and I need to, find a, a balance <laughs> it's interesting to hear him talk about that, mm-hmm. that, that in that perspective so uh, anyway he will be inducted along with um, the other 14 members of the hall of fame class this year tonight uh, 10 of them are living got to to talk to several of them and want to bring you some of that audio as well but about last night illinois over chattanooga mm-hmm. brian's in here in, in a moment but illinois Three and one, which is about where we thought they'd be. Yeah, not necessarily how they thought, but yeah, going into the season, you thought if they're three and one or four and zero oh at this point, you're you've done what you should do, and now it's we'll see what this team is made of in the Big Ten. And yeah, you know, you want that Indiana game back? Yeah, so what? They they just shut out Chattanooga. I, I think they've looked really good in the three wins, so mm-hmm. it, it gives you optimism. Uh, again, they're not Big Ten competition, so. The, the next eight weeks will we'll really show what this team is. All right, back in a moment with The Notebook and Brian after this. Funky Friday Sports Talk. 
News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM. Scott and Evan here, and it's time for the Illini Notebook. Brian Barnhart is here to preview what happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can look real uh, like we got a great crystal ball, right? <laughs> it's brought to you by Guido's, Jupiter's, Billy Baru's, and Seven Saints. Not unusual to do an Illini Notebook after maybe uh, a basketball game or something. Sure, but sure. Yeah, we do that all the time. Th- this, Yeah, this would be the first after a football game on a Thursday night at Memorial Stadium. So this <laughs> is true. groundbreaking Illini yeah. notebook right here. We've never so done this before. So it makes it a funky Friday, right? <laughs> Just mixing right. it up. One of, one of the right. many things. <laughs> uh, Illinois took care of business, didn't they? They did, and they look good doing it. Um, I was saying earlier this morning, I mean, I I do this with basketball games too early in the season. I just throw out the score. I mean, they're probably going to win the game. But are they sloppy doing it? Do they look sharp? Do they look, I mean, and I thought they looked sharp. Uh, kicking game was a little sloppy. You know, they had to kick out of bounds and they had a short punt. And so they got to get that cleaned up, but it didn't hurt you in any way. Uh, cut down the penalties from eight or ten a game down to two. Now, the one was a big one. Mm-hmm. It erased an 80-yard touchdown. <laughs> so that one, uh, you know, is something else they can clean up. But I thought on all phases of the game, for the most part, they were really solid. They never gave Chattanooga a chance to breathe. This was a Chattanooga team that was – leading their conference so far through three games and all kinds of stats and did last year uh, in a lot of categories, offense and defense, and their quarterback had no time to throw. Uh, He was on his back feet like Brennan Armstrong was at Virginia all night long, and um, you got a chance to work in a lot of guys at the end of the game, and I thought it went perfectly. Yeah. The the, the scoring in the second half was pretty minimal. It was seven points for Illinois. Didn't need to. Yeah. Well, yeah, you didn't need to in terms of winning the game. Do you think, though, that they closed down the playbook a little bit? Oh, yeah. Oh, probably. I mean, well, especially after Reggie Love came in and Chase Hayden came and in. Or they Sikowski. Were, yeah, Sikowski. They weren't going to throw mm-hmm. again, you know, the last eight minutes of the game. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, I mean, that was completely shut down. So, um, I mean, why? But you also want to give Hayden some reps and Love some reps because you may need them in a third down situation somewhere where, you know, Chase Brown isn't available or whatever the case may be. So you still want to to work on that. And it did and they did that in practice, I guess. They worked with a lot of the twos and threes that are, especially the threes that are a lot of time your scout team and designed to give your offense or defense the good look from the other team. Well they got some reps running our own offense, which I thought was important during the week. And I mean you do need Josh McCray back. You do. Right. Oh that definitely would help. I mean that's there's no doubt. There's I mean he is the number two back. Mm-hmm. Did Clearly. He, he, did he kind of hint that maybe there's a chance McCray could be getting close to getting back last night? Yeah. I thought I thought he said something particular in the post game interview. Yeah, I don't know. We'll know more, but I don't know if it'll. I don't know if it's this week or the Iowa game or or the Minnesota. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be. And I believe he's been cleared to practice. Yeah. Oh. So you just based on the that mm-hmm. alone, you would think okay, add another week or two, and then you're probably there. Mm-hmm. I would think mathematically, mm-hmm. nobody's you know yeah indicated anything on it, but he was on the sideline last night. And, but even for his team. even with working in the twos and threes last night and the offense, you know, just kind of slowing it down to a slog, they were still kind of maintaining what the the ones were doing, and mm-hmm. I, I think that just kind of shows the I don't I don't want to use like the buzzwords, but the vibes and all of that. They just seem like this is a very focused team, and they went into that game where we know in games past Illinois teams can can drop the ball. No, all, all the talk w- was real. It was kind of a nameless, faceless opponent, and Illinois wanted to take care of business. Yeah, B- B- Coach Bielema reminds me a lot of Underwood in their approach 
and how they build they build blocks one block at a time and they put everything in place and it's harder to turn football around than it is basketball but you can see that especially when they cut down the penalties and the mistakes this is a very solid Big 10 football team can they beat a great Big 10 football team we'll see mm-hmm. going forward but i think you know they look like they just uh, in the way they go about their business and the way they approach games and the way they um, the way Brett Bielema thinks about things in such detail and it com- his team starting to resemble him a lot I think and you can kind of see that and that's why I think people need to get out and and watch them because I think they're really solid it's a good team. Well, I, I I think either way the next home game, which is in two Saturdays against Iowa, that's a really important game and I think. They've given you every reason if you're a fan and you've been on the fence about, eh, is it worth going to see this team? I think they've shown you now, and I'm trying to say this objectively, mm-hmm. I think they've shown you that, yeah, this is worth going out and seeing. Now, if they beat Wisconsin next Saturday, my goodness, Memorial Stadium should be jumping. It should be, <laughs> yeah, and especially I don't know what time the Iowa game will wind up being, but if it were to be a night game, for instance, oh, yeah. <laughs> after a win at Wisconsin, you can think about the possibilities there. Mm-hmm. But they got to get to that point, and that's where, in the last decade, we've reached that point, and then we fall. We fall mm-hmm. flat, you know, or we go to Penn State and win last year, and then we come back and lose to Rutgers. I mean, those are the kind of things that why you get crowds of thirty-seven thousand. You got to you got to build on those momentum, and here's a chance if you can go to Wisconsin and steal one out of Madison for the first time in twenty years, then you're coming back to play your hated rival Iowa. Then you got something. And, and, and this and is why we're, we were kicking it around last night. And, and it's kind of the things we like to do here. But mm-hmm. I really think this next game, a week from tomorrow, is the biggest game yet for Brett Bielma. I know the significance of going on the road and beating a top-ranked team at Penn State last year and the way it happened with all the overtimes mm-hmm. and all that. But if you beat Wisconsin, which is at the moment not ranked, but still a good team, You've said, we're here. Mm-hmm. We're here. It wasn't just, a, oh, we kind of snake bit a couple of people last year. Uh, and, and like, no, we've actually put moved the ball down the field, mm-hmm. and we are in serious uh, contention to make a bowl and even make a run at a, at a really strong finish in the division. So I, th- I think this could be a really important game for them. Yeah, I think you guys uh, mentioned it earlier, um, whether it was the last game or whatever, where you said, this looks like, just from the eye test, it looks like a bowl team. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, just the way they look, the way they approach. Now, whether they get there yeah. remains to be seen, but you know, they look like, a, like I said, a solid Big Ten football team that should go to a bowl. Now, they still got work to do, but they're halfway there. Uh, Michael Martin said it last night. All you got to do is go 500 <laughs> the rest of the way in Big Ten play mm-hmm. to get to a bowl. And you're, yeah. div- you know, how many games Which are left? Which Illinois yeah. has done once yeah. in the last <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. Uh, like, how many 500 records are, are yeah. being had? But, no, yeah. it, it's definitely had. And I think the, the encouraging part of it and what we continue to, to see evolve and coming out of the bye week is this is a dynamic offense, mm-hmm. even without Josh McRae. I, I know things can change once it starts to get colder and we really get into to Big Ten play, but – you saw a couple receivers that can do some things on the outside and a quarterback can make some decisions last night to add to Chase Brown, who's making you know noise on the national scene as well. Mm-hmm. So this offense has way more tricks in it than it did mm-hmm. last year to add to the defense. Yeah, it's like a car engine or a 
you know, where you're kind of getting it to run more efficiently and it maybe stops and starts and jerks a little bit and you're not quite, you know, you guys don't remember this, but you used to put STP in for that. That was one of the things you used to put in your, you know, to make it run smoother. And it's like you could see, and Martin, I think, pointed it out last night, you could kind of see DeVito settling into the rhythm and the rhyme of what Lunny's doing. And they also, because Chattanooga was obviously trying to, they were not going to let Chase Brown run wild. So we proved that we can just go around it. And that's what you have to do. You have to be able to have that ability. And last year we really didn't. And that's why you threw for 80 yards in a game or 110 yards in a game. And that's why the numbers were, you know, down the list uh, offensively all year long, both in the Big Ten and nationally. And look at the numbers now. And and when your defense is playing the way it is, yeah, that's a pretty good combination. Line I Notebook here brought to us by Guido's, Jupiter's, Billy Baru's, and Seven Saints. I do want to step uh, for a moment and uh, be a little starstruck because it is Hall of Fame weekend, but Jeff George came by the pregame show mm-hmm. y- yesterday and then at halftime. In comes Dick Buckus and Jim Grabowski. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, the greatest linebacker ever. Well, the guy's got a statue, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, like, just like, there he is. Like Red Grange walking in. I mean, you know. And he's got a cane, and he uses it to point at pictures of the Rose Bowl <laughs> team and, 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 and recall memories about it. I mean, yeah. that's, that was, it was just great. That was great. Good to see Grabo, too. And, uh, of course, he was my first color commentator for yeah. football. He had worked with Jim all those years. And Salt of the earth. Great guy and very passionate about the Illini, and he looked great. It was yeah. great to see him. So, yeah, he's uh, – uh, Butkus is um, – he's a legend, obviously, and he's done television, and he's, you know, done about everything in this world. So Somebody said to him last night, he said, you know, uh, the this is the anniversary of the Howard Griffith game where he scored eight touchdowns. And Dick just looked and said – wasn't on a Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Pretty dry pretty humor cool. there. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, uh, a, a little bit of respite, and then yeah. here we go. And, by the way, uh, the most of the, the game times are out for men's basketball this year. Yeah. Some late nights. Mm-hmm. Ready for late post-game <laughs> coverage. <laughs> Always. 11 o'clock post games. You're the one has got to be back for Penny. <laughs> yeah, that's true. By the way, Chase Brown, uh, most rushing yards by an Illini in the first four games of a year since 2000. Mikel Lashore had 478 in 2010 through four games. Richard Mendenhall, 536 through four games in 07. And Chase Brown, 604 wow. through four games in 2022. And those previous years were bowl games, by the way. Rose Bowl and Texas Bowl. Yeah. Both those guys got drafted the next year. He uh, he looks to me like an NFL back. He does. Yeah. He does. Especially now that he's adding the pass catching in there. And I think that was part of the offense, and too. And blocking. Yeah. Yeah, got a block Yeah, this the next level. He's This could be a 1,500-yard season easy and maybe, maybe flirt with 2,000. But through four games, 600-some, so times three, that's 1,800. Get a bowl yeah. game in there. Yeah, I don't think he'll keep this pace. Bit, yeah. yeah, you're not going to keep this pace against. Or he could break off a 200-yard game against Penn State, even though they don't get to p- play Penn State for the first right. time in a decade this yeah. year. It's happened. It's yep. happened. So, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought I heard you mention it this morning on Penny too, and we talked a little about you. Know, the tight ends are being used. Yeah, people have been calling for it for a long time. Yeah, our case uh, and Ryman have. Touchdown catches, I think, this year, and Ford has been used. Mm-hmm. Well, the great Iowa teams and the great Wisconsin teams, that's what they'd beat you with. They'd hit you over the head with a tight end, 
A lot of two you tight think you got sets. everything. You think you got the running backs covered. You got Melvin Gordon covered, or you got <laughs> Ron Dane, or you got whoever. Marquise and then they, was wide open and then they last hit, night. Then they hit you with a wide open tight end wide for sixty open. yards, and you know, yeah. it's it's uh, it's cool to see. Yep. I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting football. No. I think so. It's good to watch. Need to get out there. All right, buckle up, Buttercup. Okay. <laughs> Let's go see Bucky Badger. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Brian, have a great weekend. We right. appreciate it. That's All right. Brian Barnhart, Line Eye Notebook, here on a funky Friday of Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Yeah, the bass being slapped there means it's a funky Friday. Slapping the bass. <laughs> Something's going to be slapped here. <laughs> it's going to be slap happy here on this funky Friday. <laughs> Great to have you with us. Michael Martin is here to reprise his late night, early morning performance from, <laughs> from yesterday's postgame show. I think this is the first time I've been on in the same day. <laughs> two times in one day? Yeah. <laughs> in two different segments. Normally only on vacation, but we're willing to do this here. Uh, great to see you. Yeah, after after some modicum of sleep and reflection, how do you feel about thirty-one to nothing and a three-and-one start? As you know, I thought that we had a chance to go. Uh, I think three, three, and four and zero was the obviously best case scenario. But if we got out of the games that we had in front of us. Um, Going into the bulk of Big Ten play, if we went three and one, I thought it would be, you know, we'd be okay. And I thought that game was going to be Virginia, but um, that was <laughs> our nine. I, I, I was very excited by the type of performance we were able to put up against our non-conference uh, foes, but um, they were not as good as I think they could have be. But I mean, credit to Wyoming. Wyoming, I don't think has lost a game since, um, and I think Virginia is still figuring it out. And Chattanooga is an FCS team, but they, I mean, they they were sh- there were uh, cracks in the armor, um, definitely with the defense uh, last night because I think they gave up way more first downs against uh, them than everybody combined. So right? they they kept the defense <laughs> o- uh, honest, and then the defense was like, mm, no, <laughs> sorry. So ultimately, um, could you ask for a better start? Sure, um, but I think we're seeing very good things out of this team, and I'm excited about what. Uh, Big Ten plays going to look like moving forward, and I think that the the rest disparity that's going to be between uh, Wisconsin and Illinois could play a significant factor um, going into the Wyoming game and excuse me, Wisconsin game. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I'm excited. Um, just tempering expectations for myself, uh, trying to you know well, be a little bit more objective this year. Uh, try gonna try it out a little bit, um, but I will always be the optimist. Um, but I mean, I, 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 we, there are some concerns. There are concerns, but I don't think anybody thought this team coming in was going to be great in every phase of the game. Running is running game is good. However, I'm a little concerned at the fall off when you get past Chase Brown mm-hmm. and if. You know, without Josh McRae. Um, passing game is better, but Tommy DeVito's been sacked a few times, and he has shown a propensity to turn it over a little bit, but I think he's smart for the most part with the ball. Defense is playing maybe 
is so far playing better than they were last year. They seem to have picked up where they were last year, and, and they're playing better. Special teams is down. Um, and, and I'm still I, – I like they've spread the ball around offensively, but uh, I'm not convinced they can really beat you deep. So I just think there's – it, uh, it it reminds me of uh, uh, okay I, you're you're a gamer. There's those games where you can pick a character and it like lists the strengths and like okay <laughs> like this... a Mortal Kombat kind of thing. Sure, I'll go with that. Like that's you know, a game, some, right? Some some have some like physical strength, but they're not as fast and yeah. some things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we there's there's running game A plus, uh, defense A plus. Special teams. I don't know if it's too hard, Michael Marsh, Michael Martin, but D. I think that's a fair assessment based on what we've seen. But Collectively, they've had good. You know, there's been some. There've been good things. There have been bad things. And um, to your point, I think that we have the capability to be very, very competitive in the Big Ten West. But I mean, there there are concerns that are going to be vetted against a much higher level of competition. So. I mean, Indiana was a gut check game because it it effectively let this team know that, hey, you're not necessarily as good as you think you are. Um, and then you had Virginia and Chattanooga to build up a conf- the confidence of you can be that good of a team if, it, if you can put it all together. Um, but ultimately it's going to come down to limiting mistakes and um, making sure that those potential shortcomings aren't are, – uh, those issues are mitigated. Yeah, I, I, I think what you're saying is right in, in that they maybe didn't ha- have the perfect showing at Indiana, but it wasn't like a, oh, you weren't ready to play and then you got flattened and it was like a, a comeback or, or, or something like that. Whereas, and, and then following that, they looked pretty good against Virginia and then it looked like they had a game plan against Chattanooga and for the most part the, they executed it. And We were talking last hour with Brian. Even last year in a losing record, it Bielma had the locker room, and it looks like the locker room. Is oh, they're really, completely bought in. Yeah, and like, there's no question. I, I wonder how much that that adds to a team. Can that lead to a, a win where there might not have been a win, or, or does that make a, a team better, even if the expectations aren't quite there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that we we saw. Based on how we've seen the defense perform um, over the past few games where they're really trying to, like, hey, let's maintain this shutout. Let's mm-hmm. maintain this touchdownless streak. Um, I think that's important. Some starters being on special teams, I think that ends up being important because, um, I mean, Coach Bielma, post-game in the Virginia game, he was discussing how uh, Spoon, Quan uh, Martin, and Sidney Brown are fighting over reps mm-hmm. at punt. Mm-hmm. Well, that's important to bring that sort of juice to the special teams phase. So um, the only thing that I really haven't seen that out of is the offense. Um, but as soon as I say that, I think about all the home run hits that we've had. Uh, Pat Bryant's 85-yard uh, run uh, catch yesterday that ended up coming back. <laughs> well, that's exciting. They, they seem bought in. Isaiah Williams with the longest uh, catch, uh, catch and run um, we've had all year. And then Chase Brown looks like he can uh, he can just break it loose at any time. He's just one player away. So um, I think the buy-in's there, and I think that when push comes to shove, that's really going to be um, 
especially for the offense. I think that uh, when we reach significant adversity, when we face that significant adversity, um, I'm interested to see how the the offense really responds to it because I know the defense will at this point, just based on the sort of culture that's been put together. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see. And the thing about this offense, to me, you can see what they're trying to do. And it's different every game. It makes sense. Yeah. There's a logic to it. They don't always execute it well. But you can see the there's a number of things that the opponents have to defend. And for all everybody that always says, well, Bielma likes to run the ball. Well, of course he likes to run the ball. That's what every team likes to do. And when you have Chase Brown, you're going to run the ball. But look at the numbers. It's pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, last night was just there was last night was the first time we've had a significant disparity in the in the run and pass yards just because of the sure. opportunities that we had in the pass game. Um, uh, we said it uh, yesterday during post game, but uh, and I think it was mentioned during the broadcast as well. I mean, this is the first time in Illinois history where we've had two 100 yard receivers and a 100 yard runner, <laughs> which you know is pretty good. I would have to say so. Um, I. I think the most important part of the offense right now um, is that we have an identity. We know what we're doing. Um, we're getting everybody involved. Um, and we are taking some chances. Not every chance, but, I mean, we've gone, it on for, we've gone for it on fourth down a few times. And, I mean, we, was the wind taken out of the sails yesterday when we missed a fourth and three? Sure. But... They didn't give up. It wasn't debilitating. Mm-hmm. And there's going to come a time in the uh, during the, the Big Ten slate that we're going to be going for it on fourth and three. And we're going to get that, and it's going to make an, a huge difference. So we know what we're doing in offense, and I think that's important, uh, especially moving forward. 37 pass attempts yesterday and 34 rushes. I'm sorry, flip that the other way. 37 rushes, 34 passes. but And, and that's with having the game in hand the entire second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you didn't even necessarily need to pass it if you didn't have to. With, with the one extra day, I guess, and maybe they're, they're probably not even doing a, a whole lot of practicing today as a recovery coming off, but what do you think can and should get cleaned up on, on the special teams over the next eight days? I mean, you have to – I'm trying to think of – other than specialist performance, because we all know that that's a factor here. Um, I think that... Uh, well, because it, it seems like Robertson's getting pressured more, maybe, right. on, I, on the punts. Based on what we saw against Indiana when he had shorter punts when they brought pressure, well, that's that's something that we're going to end up seeing a lot. And um, Chattanooga is not a, a team that's afraid to go for it, mm-hmm. uh, go after that ball. Um, against North Alabama, they had uh, blocked two punts. So um, I think that um, I think that somehow uh, Coach Schneider uh, needs to um, really try to flip the switch for Hugh um, and be it, like the best punt of his of his night was the one where he couldn't stop and think, which was the backed up punt. I mean, he had a fifty yard uh, ball coming out, and it was all net because. It, uh, they call it a fair catch. So um, in terms of special teams, I'm not sure what else you can really improve other than those key things. But um, 
try to find ways to make Hue uh, more comfortable and make it make it more automatic. Um, he he seems way more natural rolling out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you see that a little bit more. And um, his option to maybe go for it on that fourth and one that he kind of teased before he kicked it, I think that is going to end up being important because it's going to keep opposing defenses or uh, opposing return teams honest. And maybe you maybe you steal a first down out of that. <laughs> I don't know. They've done it before. <laughs> we do know that. Like uh, Hayes juking air. <laughs> <laughs> we do know the Aussie punter for Heisman Heisman thing is real. What's the most interesting game this weekend? I think it's for Illinois fans. That's obviously watching Ohio State and Wisconsin because you'll see what's coming up with Wisconsin a little bit. But anything else pique your interest? Penn State hosting Central Michigan. Maryland at Michigan. Indiana at Cincinnati. Minnesota at Michigan State. I'm interested in that one. Yep, so am I because Minnesota has not been tested yet. And Michigan State did very well last year. um, And based on early returns, may not be as good this year, but we face them down the road. So um, I'm really interested to see how that really shakes out. How about the punter bowl tomorrow night? Iowa at Rutgers. <laughs> Is that a night game? Yeah. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Gosh. There's um, nothing like punts under the lights. Oh. Oh, I how can... does Iowa always get these primetime games and put up seven points? I just don't get it. Hey, you know what? It if, – for as much as Rutgers has struggled in the Big Ten um, s- since they've joined, having a, a killer punter is as on brand as, for a Big Ten team as you can be. So they've all like almost every single Big Ten team has like an all-world punter, right? I mean, it 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 was a deep league last year. Mm-hmm. Like almost half the list of the uh, the Ray Guy Award uh, last year, uh, the semifinalists. Those were Big Ten funners. <laughs> well, so. we, we, we've, we've talked about it. And look, if, you, if you're if you sitting there going, why are you talking so much about punting? Because there's, so mu- there's so much that can go wrong on a punt. I mean, we've, we saw it. Uh, we, were, we were very fortunate to see that with uh, Blake Hayes last, uh, the last few years, that if you, can have, if you can get a guy that can flip the field, pin them deep, well, that gets your defense ahead of the ball and makes opposing offenses have to be way more conservative than they want to be. Just knowing how much Brett Bielma values the field position game. I mean, every coach knows how important field position is. but In the Big he, Ten. Yeah, he just he really leans into it. It's got to be stomach-churning for him. That, I, that I, he cannot the, – that you cannot get out of that kind of situation. And, and it's just – Hugh has the leg. He has the leg. He has the tools. It just has to get put together. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Hey, Nebraska will not lose this weekend. They're at one and three. They hopefully, have hopefully off. everybody can keep their job then. Hey, interim interim details for uh it, the interim contract details for Mickey Joseph just came out. He gets a uh, six hundred fifty thousand dollar uh bonus if he wins the college football playoff. So oh, something to watch. Super. Oh. <laughs> How super. Something to play for. Don't know if we're gonna see a three loss team. In the college football playoff, yet. but you know, yet give it a couple years. Oh, I know they're going to put a, a eight and four Alabama in there. Don't you worry. <laughs> this is the twelve team playoff you wanted. <laughs> Ryan Gunther today said uh, doesn't want expansion at all. He thinks it's good where it is. Yeah. It's, it's too late now. Okay, 
Hey, sir, enjoy an off weekend. Last one for a while. Yep. Uh, go line. I am looking forward to uh, getting stuff done around the house. You better get to get it, young head. man. You got, you got a household to run here. By All the right. way, go Chargers. Centennial tonight against the Danville not the, Vikings. Not the ones from Los Angeles, <laughs> as we thought last night. Yeah, this That's would be. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you said Chargers Vikings, go Chargers, I for a moment thought NFL. But and then I remembered it's game of the week on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5. <laughs> Joey Wright and Colin Like is on the call for that. All right, we're back to transition the next hour in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hurry. But first, there's volleyball tonight. It's 7.45. Pre-match coverage begins as Illinois starts the home portion and Big Ten campaign. Maryland tonight, 8 p.m. first serve. And Northwestern tomorrow, 7 p.m. Right? Mm -hmm. 7? Okay. Yep. And uh, we'll talk again to Chris Thomas on Monday. Also, uh, Monday night sports talk at the Esquire. Couple of wrestlers, now coaches, Mike Poeta and Isaiah Martinez. One good. of the greatest ever. Yeah, if not the greatest. Think they'll have cauliflower out for appetizers? <laughs> I, I imagine that they they don't like cauliflower. I don't need to be a wrestler to not I don't like, like cauliflower. cauliflower yeah. I, I agree. I I will eat my broccoli, but only raw. Oh. Oh I'll, you dip just, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or or in a salad or whatever. I don't like the cooked broccoli. I'm not a big cooked broccoli guy either. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. little little ranch, little French onion dip, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. But not none of this cooked broccoli. George H. W. Bush. This is why was we was not wrong. This is why we weren't big athletes. You got to eat your greens. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're Babe Ruth, eat your hot dogs, drink your beer. I heard, I heard that that's just because they didn't have the technology in his heyday. I mean, everybody nutritional kind of loses their physique as their career goes along. Well, that's yeah, that well, that maybe all right. <laughs> Second hour, Funky Friday coming up. News Talk fourteen hundred ninety three nine FM WDWS Champaign Urbana.